Hello all, and welcome to the latest episode of the Horror Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Don and Ellie, and with me tonight I have Jeff Seaman. Hello. Hi, welcome aboard. Thank you very much. Good to be here. All right, so uh, for tonight's show, we are going to be looking at top 10 horror locations you can still visit. Yes. So this is going to be a uh, really fun topic. We have, I have uh, some fun selections here, but uh, this was one that you brought to the table. So uh, let's get a, a little background information on what the uh, inspired the topic and uh, you know what we brought to the table. Well, um, I, I absolutely love going to the locations where old horror movies were shot. Um, in fact, uh, on, I believe it was in, uh, 2018, I was on a trip to Burkittsville, Maryland to see the locations for the Blair Witch Project. And we actually slept in a state park in the same woods as, uh, as the movie was shot. And on the drive home, I had a nine hour drive home. I started thinking to myself, what would it have been like if I found out that the movie were actually true? And, you know, I spent the night in the woods with uh, the Blair Witch. And, you know, what if it had actually been true? And it actually spawned a script idea in my head. And uh, in 2020, I actually filmed that script. Uh, you should be able to see it soon come into streaming. It's called Terror Trips. And it's, uh, you know, basically what would happen to some people if they uh, loved to go to horror movie locations and then they found the one location where it was actually real. Um, was a lot of fun, and it just came out of my general love for seeing horror movie locations and, and where my favorite films of all time were once shot. Um, it's a part of how I live my life, uh, always looking at new places to go and see. Um, and there's groups all over the Internet of people dedicated to going to these locations and recreating the scenes if they can. So it's one of my favorite things to do. Nice. All right. Yeah, this... Uh... I, I got to say, this was actually kind of a fun topic because it, I mean, I, I don't know how you sorted your list, but I, I kind of took the approach um, when I'm with the mind was the importance of the actual location in the film versus how the fandom has acclimated to the location in real life. Yeah. And I, I, I bring that up because I, I've, um, in researching this, I found a lot of pretty interesting little um, places and locations that... I, I really wasn't necessarily a fan, uh, aware of because I, I'm not, you know, the kind of movie goer that the, the movie watcher that's, you know, OK, I got to watch this because there's a school location in it. Or, you know, there's this fandom that's sort of taken over this location and they sort of like built it up and they've sort of like made it like a, a hallowed ground, so to speak. And reading some of the the backstory and the locations of some of that, it's actually pretty interesting. And I, I found uh, myself kind of diving into a pretty uh, a little bit more than I, I I figured I would. I figured it'd be just like one of those where I just like type in random locations and you know, like see what popped up, and you know like that would be it. But reading like some of the the fandom and seeing how like some of them have taken to the, you know like these locations and taken like these iconics places and stuff like that and uh, kind of like made it their own and sort of like built up a legacy and sort of you know helped to you know create these locations and you know you know like make them like a part of the fandom at large i kind of had uh, a pretty interesting time with this so yeah it kind of 
Yeah, it's kind of a, a, a really interesting topic and one that I really wasn't um, aware of going into it. So, um, I, I mean, thank you for that. That's kind of a cool thing. Sure. Oh, my pleasure. I, I sorted my list by how cool the actual location is and how close to the movie it might still be to this day. Like, um, you know, anybody can walk into a room where a movie was shot and if it doesn't look the same, you're never going to know it. But the ones that I chose, it's really obvious that they look remarkably similar or at least as close to similar as possible. Like there's no mistaking, yes, this movie was filmed here. And from there, I, I took it from 10 to 1 based on, I, I guess, um, how much of a chill it gives me down my spine to see the place. Um, and my my top four are all just, oh, it's, just, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's awesome to, to, to visit these. Actually, all 10 of them are pretty cool, but it, it, you'll see when you get down to my number one why I chose them all. All right. Well, um, I guess with that, let's uh, get started. Um so uh, I'll go first uh, for mine, number 10. Uh, this was one that I really, I, I'm aware kind of like what you said about it kind of being recognizable in uh, the fandom at large and kind of, you know, knowing it, knowing that that took place there. And so I went with the boardwalk from the Lost Boys. And Good one. Yeah, um, I, I, I think the opening uh, location shots that give you like the specific idea and all the visuals of like all the rides and everybody there and all the like the shops and stalls and stuff. I, I think it just makes like it just gives you like this visual like the visual idea of where it takes place and the idea of it still having it still being there because I, I think there's another recent movie that was filmed there. Um, um, wasn't uh, Us shot there? Uh, that's a good question. I think it was. I, I um, think it because I think that's the shot where um, the girls, the girl uh, walks into the house of mirrors and yeah, they find the differences with the tether. I, I thought I read that. Now Maybe I gotta, was, I gotta do some research to make. I know sure. I gotta think of that too. But um, I mean, yeah, from uh, the Lost Boys, at least the idea that you, you know, I still see people pilgriming, pilgriming there, and uh, you know, taking it up and making it like a an annual trip and i mean i know that they probably um over the years have done like benefit concerts or something and i mean i know that they've recreated the uh saxophone scene there so yeah I mean, it, you know in terms... it, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that part of us was filmed there because the lost boys just seems like a movie that would have had some influence on jordan peele it just feels like that that would be a statement that would be accurate i have no evidence to back that up it just feels like something he would love yeah, I mean, like I said, um, I, I I thought I read that that was um, shot there, but I mean, I, I'm probably mistaken. But yeah, um, you know, the the fact that it's still visible, the fact that it's still there, and uh, you know, it, it's still you know a, a big part part of the community for those that really love the film. Um, for me, number ten is uh, the Lost Boys Boardwalk. Okay, uh, my number ten would be the Kahiki Palms Motel from the Rob Zombie film, The Devil's Rejects. Um, it's actually, it was a movie ranch and they built this uh, motel there. I can't remember what the movie was for. Uh, it was back in the seventies and they just left it there and other movies decided to use it. So it's kind of served as a movie ranch where people can come in and shoot scenes in that need a setting like that but it's still painted that pale light blue color 
and it still has this eerie feeling to it. Uh, it's located in Lan Lancaster, California, and it's not necessarily open to the public, but it's also not protected. So if you happen to drive by it, you can park your car and just walk in there and take photos. I wouldn't recommend going into any of the motel rooms, especially room number two, where Banjo and Sullivan met their, their doom at the hands of the fireflies. But it's really cool location to see. And it's, it's, uh, it should be on anybody's list of a movie to go, or a location to go see. Yeah, that one was on my list as well. But then I, I found out what you said about it being, you know, close to the public. And to me, like the idea of it being like a, a location that you can still visit and like the, the importance of it to the film, I think that kind of brought it down a little. But yeah, okay. I, I, I did look at that one as well, because I, I, I thought I, I, I can vaguely remember driving by something that looks similar years and years ago. So maybe it was like, you know, I, I don't know if I would have seen the film or not, but I, I can vaguely remember seeing the the motel because I do remember it looking familiar when I did see it. So I mean, there is that, but um, I, I I did move it down a little bit on my list for that. But um, I think there's been about a half a dozen movies at least shot there, but none with a memorable scene quite like the yeah. the the killing scene from Devil's Rejects. Yeah. So that's my ten. Cool. All right. So uh, for my number nine, um, this is kind of what I, I I debated putting this one higher just because it, you know, is one of the iconic landmark uh, scene, uh, locations for one of the better horror films of all time. But um, I, I think the fact that it it hasn't really developed into as much of a cult following and there is not really as much of a uh, presence there um, for the genre and the, for the film kind of dragged it back a little for me. I went with the hotel and Rosemary's baby. Oh, uh, the uh, Dakota. Right. That, yeah. Um, I, I, I just wrote down the, you know, building and film. So yeah, I mean, if you know those, uh, yeah, go ahead and chime in. I um, have been there and that's also the building where John Lennon was shot. I found actually more on that than I did the film, which I, yeah. I kind of use that as a little bit more, um, you know, knocking it back down just a little. But uh, the fact that it's still, you know, the central location where, you know, it's Rosemary's Baby. It's one of the better, the, you know, the genre's best films of all time. And I, I believe at least 90 percent of it's shot there because yeah. it's it uses like, you know, most of the rooms and, uh, you know, the lobbies and the walkways and stuff like that. But, it, you know. The, the idea of what goes on in there kind of adds a little bit extra significance to, um, you know, like you said, John Lennon shot there. So that kind of adds a, you know, a little extra bonus. But, you know, the fact that, like I said, I, I kind of valued a little bit more about the community taking the community, taking the location and making it their own. I think that kind of downplayed this one a little for me. But uh, it, it, to me, it's still worthy of a look, still worthy of a look if i've mentioned so uh for me number nine is the uh well dakota hotel from rosemary's baby okay uh my number nine is um wide open you can go visit if you want uh you'll see some of the locations from it if you go to martha's vineyard in massachusetts you can actually see the exteriors of the town known as amity from spielberg's classic film jaws um, obviously you're not going to see very much of the water scenes that were shot because they actually went quite a ways out to shoot that, but it's also open water. Um, you can get that in almost any ocean, but, uh, where the ferry pulls up, anything that took place on an actual, uh, pier, um, 
the bridge, uh, the town where they were setting up the beach closed sign. The lifeguard tower is still there. It's it's charming little town and amazing that it still looks the same as when Sheriff Brody uh, roamed those beaches. Uh, it, it's something I would highly recommend. Plus, it's a damn nice beach to go to. <laughs> All right. Um, I will discuss that at a later time. Oh, I can figure out why. Go on. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on to my, my number eight. Uh, this is one that, um, I, again, I, I kind of had a uh, little uh, discussion, you know, um, favoring um, how the community is overtaking it and uh, where it uh, sort of ranks uh, with uh, preserving the legacy and honoring um, the fact that it uh, the, the film was shot there. And I went with the camp from Friday the 13th. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. The original? The original camp, right. Because um, I think it's... I, I, I get it confused with the mo- the movie thing. It's um, Camp Okichibi. Nobibosko. Why am I thinking of Okichibi or something? That might have been something that in a later film, uh, if I looked it up, but it's it's uh, Nobibosko because it stands for... It's shortened of, of four words. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I, I really wish I probably should have done this a little better because I just have location no. film, but uh, yeah, no, uh, the Nobibosko thing. Um, yeah, the the fact that it's t- sort of turned into this annual Friday the 13th um, set up, you know, film festivals are set up there, um, meet and greets. Yep. Um, sort of like a, a little convention scene that's popped up over there where they invite, uh, you know, um, members of the film or, you know, the cast and crew there and they do celebratory anniversary screenings. Uh, to me, that kind of adds, like I said, a, a lot of uh, significance to it. And, uh, you know, that was kind of how I, I weighed my list. But um, the fact that that's sort of, a, you know, taken a hold and they've uh, the community has adapted that location and they kind of made it their own and their, you know the preservation of it and i mean i'm a huge friday fan so that kind of a location is pretty interesting to me so a little bonus um point there but yeah uh camp novi bosco from uh, friday the 13th uh, i will discuss this one in greater detail later on too but i want to add on right now you talked about the community um, the diner that Steve Christie goes in and has uh, a cup of coffee with and Sandy, the waitress, is talking to him before he goes out into the rain. That's a location actually exists there. Uh, and it's uh, it's called the Blairstown Diner. And the previous owners wanted nothing to do with Friday the 13th. Uh, they 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 did not embrace their role in history with this film. And I think it was about four years ago, the diner was sold and the new owners were fans of the film and they just embraced it. And their menu caters to Friday the 13th fans. They refused to change anything on the inside or the exterior look. Um, Every Friday the 13th, whether there's a tour happening or not, they promote the heck out of the holiday. So it looks like Blairstown, New Jersey, has started to uh, embrace their place in this whole uh, horror movie uh, genre. And it's just nice to see that that town is not running away from what uh, is drawing tourists there every year. So uh, we'll discuss more of that when we get later on in the list. And uh, I had the diner as an honorable mention since you brought it up. (laughs) So there we go. (laughs) My number eight uh, is so many people have been there. Uh, so many people, and it has changed. 
quite a bit since this film was first shot there, but there is a lot that is still uh, similar to it, and it is the original mall from Dawn of the Dead, and it's based in uh, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Um, every year, now you can go to the mall. I mean, it's it's a mall. You can go there anytime you want, but, you know, like JCPenney is now completely changed. Uh, there are now escalators all over the place. There's no stairwell. There's no ice skating rink anywhere. Um, it's There are some places that look just the same. Uh, Exterior-wise, the mall looks exactly the same as it did. Um, but once a year, they do a thing there called Living Dead Weekend, where they celebrate all things George Romero. There's a bust of George Romero's head in this mall, uh, commemorating what he has done for the, uh, the town of Monroeville and Pittsburgh in general. And... Um, Oh, and now there is actually a Living Dead Museum inside the mall, and Living Dead Weekend is run by the people who own uh, that museum in there, and they'll give you tours. You can go on the, well, I believe you can still go on the roof. Uh, they'll take you down into the basement where the boiler room is. Uh, you get to see things that the general public do not get a good look at. And man, it, it uh, sends tingles up my spine every time I go to Monroeville and check out this mall. It's, it's, it's just a blast for me. And I will discuss that in greater detail. <laughs> Move on to number seven. So number seven, we've already mentioned it. The Town of Amity from Jaws. Um, hey, we have our there, first There we go. Um, yeah. Uh, some of that, of course, is, uh, you know, the infamous house, um, you know, the Amityville house, which uh, I mean, I can probably have even included that as a location. But uh, the fact, you know, Martha's Vineyard, you know, the entire island, all of that, uh, you know, I mean, like you said, you know, the community is still uh, pretty much exactly the same as it is. You can still spot a lot of the famous locations, um, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily um, as high um, with the uh, community involvement as, uh, you know, like the, the previous choices. But I, I think the fact that it's, uh, you know, Jaws, which uh, I, I think the importance of the film kind of weighs a little bit more on that um, for me. But yeah, yeah. number seven for me is uh, the town of Amity. So there right. we go. I may have one here that you're not going to have later in your list for number seven. Um, right. Embedded in the middle of the Czech Republic is a small town called Chesky Krumlov. And I was, I believe it was 2019, was doing a river cruise down the Danube. And this was an excursion that we could have. Uh, and uh, my girlfriend and I just decided we're gonna go see this place. And the reason that we were gonna go see this place was because they advertised in the middle of this town a bear moat. It's a little moat area where bears live and they don't bother the townsfolk. The townsfolk don't bother them. And you're asked, Hey, uh, don't throw food at them. Just look at them. They'll, they'll be there for you, but these are live bears. Don't mess with them. So we went and it was great. And I'm wandering around this town and it's just charming and it's beautiful. And I'm like, this place looks familiar to me. Turns out it is the location from the opening scenes of Eli Roth's Hostel. Um, there, there, if you haven't seen Hostel, there is a building called the Torture Museum that the characters go in and they see all these medieval torture devices. 
that torture museum actually exists in that town and it is a torture museum. Um, and when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this looks incredibly familiar. And it it took me a little while to, to trigger. Holy crap, this is Eli Roth's hostel. Um, not many people get to see this unless you're, you know, touring around Europe. Chesky Krumlov is a cute little town, clearly a tourist destination for people who are doing tours like this. Doubtful that it's ever going to be a tourist location for horror movie fans like you and I are. But if you ever have the opportunity to go, it's it's this charming little town. It's adorable. And then you remember what shot what was shot there. And it's absolutely terrifying. The the scenes in the uh, where the actual torture took place to our characters in the movie hostel. I'm not entirely sure where that was shot. It was definitely not in, in Chesky Krumlov. I believe it was all in Prague, but they would have used a studio to, to shoot all of those scenes and rebuilt a location. But the exteriors, man, I loved it there. So there, that's my number seven, Hostel in Chesky Krumlov. All right, you're right. And, uh, not on my list, so there we go. <laughs> it's a fair one. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll move on to number six. Uh, for me, this is one that I, I, I know a lot of people have sort of uh, taken up to task uh, with recently, and uh, it's sort of become a little bit more of a uh, community tourist trap. And uh, for that, you know, I, I mean, you know, the film is also one of the, uh, you know, the genre's greatest. So, that, I mean, again, kind of like the Jaws thing that kind of adds a little extra spice to it. I have Nancy's house from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, and, I do not have that one. Go on. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I know the, uh, you know, a lot of it is based on, the, you know, the iconic doors uh, where Freddie pulled his mother through. And uh, that kind of uh, announces its presence more than anything. But you know, I, I've seen so many, you know, TikToks and, uh, you know, social media stuff about people going up there doing like a, you know, Freddy skit or recreating some scene from the film. And I, to me, I mean, I, I know that that's kind of silly and goofy, but uh, it, that kind of adds a little, uh, you know, personality and a little bit of a, you know, a, a, gener a modern generational touch to it. And, uh, you know, trying to, you know, add some preservation to a you know unique location something that you know obviously means a lot to some people i mean you know i i've seen a lot of uh you know friends who you know say that there's an annual pilgrimage to the house and try to you know like take a picture in front of the steps and stuff like that so that you know that, that kind of adds like a you know a little bit of extra when i'm you know trying to weigh something that in this list you know how personal and how the you know fandom takes a location over that kind of adds a little bit more to me so yeah number uh, six for me is uh, Nancy's house from Nightmare on Elm Street I often wonder see and this is I think the first one where we're talking about a location where somebody actually resides there yeah. um, like for example uh, Walter White's house from Breaking Bad the people who own that house hate the attention um, I've seen TikToks and videos where the woman who owns that house actually sits in her front yard and chases people away who are just trying to take pictures out in front. And I often wonder, was she driven to that or is she just, you know, did she never like the visitors? And I always wonder, do the people who own a house like Nancy's house, do they were they aware when they purchased it, the significance of the house? Does it bother them that people want to come up to their front steps and take photos? And at what point would it bother them? And that and a couple of other houses that I'm not going to discuss now in case they're on your list later. I always wonder, 
do I want to visit that? Because it would be one of the, it would make the factor for me. It would be the hair on my arms would stand up. It would be awesome. But I always hesitate with, with things like that. One of my honorable mentions is a house from a famous horror movie that people actually live there. And we'll get into that later. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, my number six I have there for personal reasons, um, which I will discuss. Um, it's Atlantic Beach, North Carolina, where they shot the original uh, film. It was once called Fall Break. Now it's called The Mutilator. And last year we shot the sequel to The Mutilator in the same location, not at the same condo. We did shoot a scene there. But if you've ever seen The Mutilator, um, that condo on the beach and the beach itself and the pier, uh, they're kind of iconic for 80s low-budget slashers. And Buddy Cooper, who uh, wrote and directed that movie, and uh, he, he that was the only movie that he had ever directed until last year when he finally decided to go ahead and make a sequel and it was shot at the exact same locations, and it's it's just gorgeous. I, I produced that film. I got to spend eight weeks on the location of the original Mutilator film, and I, I'm telling you, uh, it was pure heaven just to be there all that time. didn't hurt that it's on a beach, and, and we shot it during the late spring, early summer. Um, and it's just a gorgeous location, and, and uh, the owner of the original condo, uh, they didn't own it at the time, Buddy Cooper owned it at the time, uh, they embraced their place in history, uh, they actually have a signed Mutilator poster hanging in their living room. We never went inside when we shot Mutilator 2 uh, to see the inside of that house, all the shots we did were exteriors, um, but she came out to talk to us about it. And she was all excited we were making a sequel, pulled up her lawn chair and watched us film. Uh, and it, it's just a great location. And I can't wait for you to see the sequel when it comes out later this year. Nice, yeah, that's one of my uh, most anticipated films. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm not telling you any spoilers about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no worries. Well, I, um, I will tell you this though, and if any of your fans out there are fans of The Mutilator, it's a bigger body count in the sequel. And that's all I'm going to say. Cool. I mean, that's uh, certainly piqued my interest. Um, <laughs> so that's right. my number six. All right, cool. So uh, for my number five, I figured it was kind of appropriate to um, kind of keep uh, the houses together. Um, this is the the, the um, other house on my list, but um, I, I think it's kind of... I, I'm struggling to use the terms, but I, I think it'll be um, you know a little obvious why. Um, I have the Psycho House from Psycho. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, I, I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of a little out of the way because it's um, le legitimately inside of a theme park, so it's not you know very visible for a lot of people to actually get to. But um, I I love the idea that it's sort of. Uh, especially during Halloween where it sort of becomes like a big tourist trap where they have all kinds of, uh, you know, photo ops and they make, uh, you know, all kinds of different uh, interactions and rides and, you know, the fun little uh, things for uh, people to you know, deal, deal with and interact with, you know, go on set and actually stand on the motel and, you know, do all yep. kinds of stuff for Halloween Horror Nights. And, you know, yeah, it, it kind of adds a, you know, a little bit more where, you know, you have to be inside the park to get to it. But the fact that it's still there, it's still standing and, you know, it, it's still being incorporated for today and it's still being uh, integrated for, you know, fans of today who, I mean, I, I would very, very, very 
hesitantly say that there's not a lot of people that were around when the film uh, was released that are still fans today. So uh, the idea of introducing a new generation to this lo- iconic location by still keeping it there kind of adds a little bit more um, for me. So, I mean, like I said, you know, weighing the, uh, t- you know, the fandom into uh, the equation kind of keeps this one a little bit above the nightmare um, house for me. But number five is uh, the psycho house. And adding to that, um, they filmed the most underrated sequel of all time there as well when they made Psycho 2. Uh, took them a long time to finally make Psycho 2, but when they did, they did not um, miss. It was, a, it was a great sequel. Uh, they took advantage of their location. And so, you know, you've got two movies right there at your number five. And it was just, mm. it was magic seeing that place. And they, they even had an Anthony Perkins lookalike dumping a body into a car right outside uh, the motel. And it's they they really embrace their their creepiness factor of that whole house. And, and it, it's really well done. And I would agree that should have made my top 10. It didn't, but it should have. <laughs> so my number five um, is an indie film that not a lot of people know about. Um, it's starting to get some recognition, came out a few years ago. God, it might actually be like eight or nine years ago now. Uh, and it's Hell House LLC. Um, if you haven't seen Hell House LLC, it's about a group of people who run haunted houses uh, for a living every October. And they decide to leave the confines of New York City where they've had their most luck. And they go out into a rural part of the country. It turns out it's in Lehighton, Pennsylvania. Um, and they use a place that actually is a haunted house. Now, when I say actually, as I mean in real life, it's a haunted house. You can go to this location and pay your 10 bucks and go through and be scared by teenagers um, in costume. Uh, but the cool thing about this haunted house is the movie makers didn't change the haunted house at all. Everything that you see in Hell House LLC, the first one, is already an attraction inside the place and it's called the Waldorf Estate of Fear. Um, It's right there on the main road. You could drive by it and just completely miss it, but it's right there and it's such a cool location. And if any of your, uh, your fans out there have not seen that movie, it's on the top of a must see list for horror films. And then once you've seen it, you want to go to this location. Um, it's also only 40 minutes from Camp Crystal Lake. So if you're ever going out there, go check out Lehigh's in Pennsylvania in the Hell House. That's that's my number five. Nice. Yeah. Um, I wasn't aware that that was actually a visible location. I thought that was just a uh, setup for the movie. So, yeah, that's no, it, uh, it is. It's... And it looks exactly the same. And it's so cool. It's just nice. it's real. It smells a bit musty in there and you can't go to the basement. Um, but it's it's a very, very cool location. And the clown is in that building still. Ooh, cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. I'm gonna... Waldorf Estate of Fear. Look it up. Angie Moyer will love you if you go visit it and and and, uh, and patronize her business. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll move on to number four. Uh, this is another one that, um, I, again, like I said um, several times, I, I, I do um, prioritize uh, fandom's uh, integration of the location into um, the community and try to, you know, make a location their own and try to do uh, something special with it. And uh, for me, that makes uh, my number four the gas station from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, all right. In Bastrop. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, um, I, I like I said, I just wrote them down, but I, I vaguely remember seeing that when I was looking it up. So I think that's probably it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, the you know the iconic location where um, I I think they get, they stop to get gas and uh, they get the directions away from there and. Yeah, uh, you know they've turned it into a uh, a very 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 visible um, sort of memorabilia museum for the movie. Uh, they sort of have a menu that kind of uh, placates to a lot of what goes on in the film. Props, screening locations. I know that they do um, you know special film uh, retrospective screenings. Um, all, all sorts of fun stuff that uh, goes on there. And, uh, you know, I mean, the film itself would probably be, you know, good enough that I could probably put it high on the list. But, you know, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, taking the location, making it your own and keeping the preservation, you know, honoring the legacy of what's going on there. Uh, for me, when I put this list together, that was kind of the factors that I used uh, to weigh how uh, I, I sorted it. So, um, you know, Doing something like that, I, I kind of, uh, you know, gave it a little uh, special boost. So number four for me is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre gas station. I'm going to talk a little bit about the movie uh, in a little bit because um, we have something similar here. My number four, um, everybody's seen this movie. At least I hope everybody's seen this movie. Um, and the cemetery looks exactly the same with the exception of the uh, entrance to it. And it would be the Evans City Cemetery from Night of the Living Dead. Um, you drive up that long driveway that you see at the beginning of the movie. Uh, all of the head. Well, I mean, where would the headstones have gone? Uh, they all look the same. Everything is right there, centrally located in this cemetery. They don't have any historical markers or anything like that. This movie was filmed here, but whoever, whoever's relative has that one famous headstone, their name is Blair, um, that headstone might be the most photographed headstone in human history without it being a famous person. I've been there a couple of times and it, it's just, it, it's creepy being in that. It's, it's actually kind of a small cemetery too. Um, you would think that it was much bigger based on what you saw in Romero's uh, film from 1968, uh, but it's kind of a small cemetery, and, and I, both the times that I've gone into there, I was lucky enough that there were no other visitors anywhere. There wasn't even people working at the cemetery, no land, groundskeepers, no administrative staff, and I just wandered around and found all the markers myself and took some pictures, made, made careful to not tread on anybody's uh, graves as much as I could, and man, it, it's just hair on hair on my arm standing up again, even just thinking about it. Uh, uh, and again, if you ever go to Living Dead Weekend, there will be a little branch off tour that will take you out to Evans City. I think it's 20 or 30 minutes from the Monroeville Mall from Dan Dawn of the Dead, but if you get the opportunity, go relive Night of the Living Dead scenes at the Evans City Cemetery. My number three, the cemetery from Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> My number three. <laughs> same thing, same place. Yeah, same place. Uh, the opening cemetery from Night of the Living Dead. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't have much else to add. Um, I mean, you took some of my stuff. Um, Sorry. You know, the, no, uh, like I said, uh, you know, the integration with the tour is, you know, really uh, kind of iconic. You know, I. I shudder to think how many people have attempted to, you know, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, I, I shudder to think. Who knows how many? 
I, I shudder to think how many people have attempted that or tried to find the location where that uh, that setup took place. Um, but yeah, the, it's still being there. It still looks the same. I, I mean, you know, you said a lot of it, but uh, yeah, that was my number three. <laughs> and and that, that stone is five feet off of the main road in that you drive around to, to go around the cemetery. It's tough to miss, but... One, well, once you've found it the first time, it's tough to miss. But, you know, you could you could go a little crazy looking for it, but it's right there. Um, on a tour that I did of that cemetery, I found the bridge where they're interviewing the sheriff on television once they're starting to take control back. I found that bridge. Um, now it had this iron casing around it like a skeleton and that's gone now but the bridge is still there and it, it's not far from the cemetery unfortunately as i'm sure you already know that the house is gone um yeah the house there they all hold up that that's gone the owners tore it down and, and put something else up there but so the house is gone but there's still a few locations to to tour around and we both have the cemetery <laughs> um my my number three is a playoff of your number four not far from Bastrop, it might be Bastrop uh, in Texas, where the Wee Slaughter gas station, the Wee Slaughter barbecue and gas station is. Um, the house, the Sawyer House, was originally 300 miles away, but um, somebody bought it and they picked up the house and moved it, and I believe in two pieces, and put it in Kingsland, Texas, which might be 20 or 30 minutes away from the Wee Slaughter barbecue. And they turned it into a restaurant. It still looks exactly the same as it did in Toby Hooper's film. Uh, it was called the Grand Central Cafe. And then somebody else bought it like within the last six months and named it Hooper's. So uh, this place has really embraced its its place in horror movie history as well. So if you're ever going to go back down to the Wee Slaughter uh, look up, you might want to look up Grand Central Cafe or Hooper's in Kingsland, Texas. There is a guy that runs tours of horror movie locations. His name is uh, Kenny. And he has a company called Onset Cinema. And Onset Cinema, once a year, does an overnight stay in the Sawyer House. Um, and this was where I first witnessed that place. Uh, I spent the night in the bone room, the room where uh, she stumbles in and there's bones all over the place, chicken feathers flying around. Uh, it's also the same window that Sally jumped out at the end of the movie. Sally jumps out of two windows in Texas Chainsaw. It's the one where she jumps out at the end. And I got my air mattress and slept right underneath that window. She jumped out. Let me point out, slept is is carrying a lot of weight there because I don't think I slept that night. It was it was creepy and fun and the fact that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre still has locations that you can visit and <laughs> eat barbecue in too, which is which is kind of ironic. Um that's just fantastic. I'm glad we had three and four the same uh as each other too. So that's my number three. All right, nice. Um, yeah, my number two, uh, we've talked about this already. It's the Monrovia Mall. Ah, there we go. Yeah, there it is. Um, so I, I kind of, uh, you know, I, again, I, I had uh, the houses grouped together. I had uh, Romero grouped together. And, uh, yeah, a lot of what, uh, you know, you, you spoke earlier about, uh, you know, the, the 
the community that's taken it over, you know, the dedication to him, the tours, the, you know, photo ops, uh, you know, they have, you know, the, the convention that shows up there. Yep. Um, I, I mean, you know, you spoke on, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff, but yeah, that was uh, pretty much where um, my head was. I mean, like I said, a lot of this was based on how the, you know, the community's taken it over and, uh, you know, preserving its legacy. So yeah, that kind of, kind of gave it a lot of, uh, you know, weight for me. So uh, number two was uh, the Monroeville Mall. I, I think George Romero would be proud of, of the fact that so many of his fans still just completely embrace uh some of his movies even even some of the uh the lesser known films i know people who tour uh locations from the crazies or from martin and and it's it's remarkable how much of an effect that romero has had on on this entire genre of films not even just zombie films but horror movies in general and i'm glad you have that high up on your list um my number two, I spoke about earlier. It's what uh, encouraged me and inspired me to make my own film, and it is the woods of Burkittsville, Maryland, from the Blair Witch Project. Um, there's a there's a guy named Matt Blasey um, who wrote a book called Eight Days in the Woods. It's about the making of the Blair Witch Project. He goes into remarkable detail about it. And once a year, you can find it online. Look up BlairWitchExperience.com. He hosts a tour every October, when we're not in a pandemic, that is. And uh, the last time that I went to it, uh, I know he had one recently, but the last time I went to it was in 2019. He rented a school bus because he had so many people that wanted to come on this tour. He takes you on, and when I say every location in the movie, I mean every location in the movie. Um, he takes us to the convenience store where they went in and they, they found the guy outside who talked briefly in the interview uh, about Rustin Parr and facing the one kid in the corner. He brings special guests to it. Every year, the mom and daughter, uh, the woman's holding her three-year-old daughter in arms and she gets all terrified when they're talking about the ghosts in the woods and the Blair Witch. Uh, well, that girl is now, uh, you know, 26 years old, um, but he brings Susie and Ingrid out to this tour and they're waiting at the location where their interview took place and fans line up to take pictures with them. And the one year Eduardo Sanchez came out to show us where Coffin Rock was and another year Mike Williams and the lone surviving fisherman, Ed Swanson, were waiting at Fisherman's Rock for us to to tell us about filming the scenes there. It's just a great tour. Uh, they took us to the place where the stick men hung. There are still stick men hanging in that exact location. Um, look up Matt Blasey on Facebook. Follow him. He's known as Monroe Zombie on Twitter. He'll tell you all about Blair Witch Experience and do it. It's a great tour. And he's just a great guy, just a, a guy motivated by his love for a little independent film. Nice. Uh, that was an honorable mention of mine. Um, yeah. The, the woods, yeah, the, 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 uh, you know, woods for um, all that stuff. So that was uh, an honorable mention. So um, I will probably venture to guess that this will probably be a shared number one based on, uh, you know, the fact that we haven't, uh, you know, brought it up yet. I I'm not saying for sure it is, but um, I'm 
going to go out on a limb and say maybe it's a shared number one. And I know I've kind of, uh, you know, been a little lacking on the, uh, you know, the, the actual locations for the for the previous ones, but this is one that I, I know for a fact. Uh, my number one is the Overlook from The Shining. Oh, okay. No, we do not have the same number one. Ooh, okay. Well, uh, like going. I said, yeah. Um, the you know the location itself um, has a lot to do with that because uh, the fact that it's still standing and looks, um, from what I've told, uh, remarkably similar. Seeing a lot of the same setups, a lot of the same drawings and designs. Uh, I, I'm told that they've kept a lot of the uh, decor the same uh, with the maze, with the shrubs. Uh, they still have, um, I, from like again, from what I've been told, uh, the the same carpet designs. A lot of the interior um, of the hotel looks very similar, um, you know, and a lot of, uh, a, a, you know, a lot of just big events that have taken place there. I mean, I know that they've uh, adapted a uh, film festival that's uh, inspired yep. by this, uh, the Overlook Film Festival, which uh, I, I don't think is actually held there, but they take the inspiration from the name. And uh, I think the, uh, I, again, I'm, uh, I could be wrong, but I think the logo for it is uh, the famous shot of Danny when he um, covers his eyes um, from the twins. Yeah. I, I, I I believe that's the logo. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, I, again, I'm going off memory here. But uh, yeah, um, in you know, I, again, kind of like with Jaws, where the uh, the the weight of the film kind of uh, gives the gives gives yep. my choice a little bit of a balance. You know, how you know big and how big you know how grand the film is, but uh, setting it there, seeing everything uh, as is uh, for the most part, uh, uh, to me that kind of just uh, gives it a special uh, touch, and uh, it's you know kind of hard to uh, not have this on my list. But uh, number one for me is The Overlook. I had that as an honorable mention because I've never been there. Um, and uh, not that, I mean, I've been to almost every one of my top 10, but it was one of those, I can't speak to it as well as I can speak to every other one of these locations. And it's, so I had it in an honorable mention because of that, but it's, I've, I've got friends who have been out there and they're like, oh, you got to go. It's, it's amazing. And that is a piece of my childhood as well. That movie, um, Maybe not my childhood, but my teen years. Um, so it it's definitely on my wish list of places that I want to see, but I have never been there. But it, uh, if I weren't an East Coast born and raised, um, technically I'm in the Midwest, but if it were a little more accessible to me, I have no problem with, with uh, going to Burkittsville, Maryland or going to Pittsburgh for some of these because it's, you know, it's less than a day's drive. It's a half a day's drive on some of them. But that one, that's a little tougher for me, so I haven't had the chance yet. And it's a, it's a regret, but I'll get out there at some point. That's, <laughs> so. Ah, okay. So maybe in a year's time from now, we'll redo this, and uh, it could be number one. Could be. My number one, you've already mentioned. Ah. Um, I've been on this, I have been on this tour four times. One of them, it was a 13-hour tour of just the campground from Friday the 13th itself. Um, ended up making an entire weekend of it, but that, that 12, 13 hour tour, um, they had nine different people from the movies, including Harry Manfredini, the, the composer who is the funniest freaking guy, by the way. Um, you know, they had, uh, uh, um, Alice, they had, uh, Robbie Morgan, Adrian King, they had Robbie Morgan who played Annie. 
several different people. Um, no Kevin Bacon. Uh, everything is better with Kevin Bacon, but he wasn't there. That's okay. And they do tours several times a year. This place is an actual Boy Scout camp. And when there are no Boy Scouts there or no campers, they open it up for weekend tours. And the horror fans just go crazy for this place. Um, and all of the proceeds that they make go into keeping the camp, uh, uh, up, keeping the upkeep of the camp. They don't change anything about that place. It looks exactly the same as when Pamela Voorhees uh, hunted and murdered all those people. It looks exactly the same. One cabin has burned down, uh, Alice's cabin, the one that she was fixing the gutter on early in the movie. Other than that, it's all the same. They even show you the loft where uh, Claudette was, uh, Barry and Claudette were killed. Um, the mess hall for the campers is where the fireplace was from the very beginning of the movie. It's awesome and spooky and creepy and, and exhilarating all at the same time. Um, so if you want to go see this, crystallaketours.com. Um, don't be scared off by the prices. Just today, they announced a reunion weekend and they're doing overnight stays again. Now, the overnight stays are $800,000 a ticket. Yeah, that's a little out of price range for most people, but they do four, five, six hour tours for like 150 bucks a person. It's worth every penny. Like, just do it. It's awesome. You You've been there, but... So many people didn't even know that that place even exists. Just go. It's that's why it's number one. I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> so there's my number one. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, you, I spoke about that earlier. So yeah, I mean, you know where I stand on that. But uh, yeah, this. Uh, and, and it's yeah. easy to find the the cemetery that Annie gets dropped off of by the truck driver. It's easy. I heard to about find. that. It, that's actually close, right? It actually is really close uh, to the actual camp. I think it's like 20 minutes from there. I mean, Blairstown itself, where the Blairstown Diner is and the arches that Annie walked through to get into that town, it's all about 20 minutes away. I mean, you can spend a whole day going to every location right there except the camp. It's all really close. Hmm. Um, it, it, it's well worth it. Um and so many pictures of all the place. There's maps online where you can pinpoint exactly where certain things were shot. Like when Ralph uh, first confronts Annie and the truck driver and the, you know, you'll never come back again line. Um, that's like a realty. That, 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 that storefront is actually a realtor now. Um, and they know it and they have a little bike setting outside whenever there are tours going on because they know they're going to have people come by and take pictures outside their storefront. So they have a bike that looks like Ralph's bike sitting out in front so people can take pictures on it. Um, the town really seems to have embraced it as well. I keep using that phrase, but it's nice when people let us love the things that we love. And even though they're an unwilling part of it, they allow it to happen and and welcome the people who are visiting their town you know so yeah i, I like it you know happy, nice. to, happy to show you other locations if you ever want to see them cool all right well uh 
I guess that will uh, wrap things up. So uh, before we go, do we have any honorable mentions or anything not mentioned, just uh, worthy of a shout out? We talked about uh, The Shining. My other two honorable mentions are The Pool from Strangers Pray at Night. And uh, I mean, it, it looks exactly the same because, you know, I mean, it's a pool. You're not going to change it. Um, very cool scene in that movie. Uh, and the pool's right there. It's in Kentucky. And the other one, uh, it is Stu's house from Scream. I wouldn't recommend going there on your own, but they put it up as an Airbnb a couple of times last year. So if you want to look up Stu's house on Airbnb, every once in a while they they uh, relist it and invite people in to spend the night. And they'll do it in large groups. Uh, it's not, you can't, you know, I think you can rent it for yourself, but it's a pretty penny. Um, but they'll do tours through Stu's house from the original Scream. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned a couple of mine with uh, the motel from Devil's Rejects and uh, the mall and the woods from uh, uh, Blair Witch. But uh, the other one that I had, and I, I kind of went international like you did with one, um, although I, I, I can't recall if it's, anything was ever actually filmed there. And that was kind of why I, I kept it off the list. But I have Aoki Gahara Forest in uh, Japan. Oh, for, for the forest. Yeah, um, like I said, I I know that the film was based off of that location, but I don't know if it was actually filmed there, and that was kind of why I kept it off. Nice. And uh, also because, I mean, you know, a lot of, you, you know, how the communities embrace it, it's not exactly a good thing. That's true, so, that's true. Yeah, that's and that true. One, you know, that has some folklore in reality, too. Like, right, the Blair, I, the Blair never existed. Those woods, you're not in danger, but there, right, yeah. kind of worried, you know? You know yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, I, I know that it was inspired by that and it was based pretty heavily on what goes on there. But um, I, I mean, not having been there, I, I can't say for sure. So I kind of kept it off the list for that reason. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, this was uh, a lot of fun. So uh, thank you so much for doing this. This was a blast. Oh, no, it was a lot of fun. As you can tell, I like to talk about these things. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we leave, uh, is there any place uh, online that we can uh, find you and your work? Uh, let people know where they can uh, follow you. I spend more time on Twitter than anything else. Jeff from Ohio is my tag there. I always promote what I'm working on and I always just, you know, just uh, uh, goof around uh, talking about whatever's going on in the world. But mostly it's about horror films. Um, that's where you can find me. Uh, more often than anything else. I'm always on TikTok, but I never make videos anymore on TikTok, so it's just me watching. But Twitter, if you wanna if you wanna reach out, there I am. Come find me. Um cool. yeah. and you'll find out more about uh, the Mutilator 2 as we get closer to our release date by following me there. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um I will have uh, that look that as well as uh, as many locations and websites as I can for uh, the locations we've discussed um in the show notes down below for you to uh, check out and hopefully find uh, these locations for yourself but uh yeah uh thank you for listening and we'll see you next time with the new episode thanks everyone <laughs>